Good Shepherd Sermon for Sunday, January 22nd, 2023. Pastor Paul Talbert. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church and School is located in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, in the United States. Our mission is simple and bold. We seek to grow in faith and knowledge of our Savior Jesus. We want to make him known to others so that they too may share the joys that Jesus has won for them. Here's Pastor. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God's word for meditation is from Matthew chapter 4, starting with verse 12. And before I read this to you, I want to remind you of something you, you really, you already know it pretty well, uh, that there is a great distortion of the truth among Christians when it comes to believing in Jesus. There are people who say, I decided to follow Jesus. And then they'll tell you the day and the time and the place that they were er. And then they'll say, yeah, that's what I did. I decided to do that. Uh, and it might be maybe they were at some kind of a revival or a church service. Maybe they had just witnessed something that was spectacular, out of the ordinary. They knew it was a miracle. It dropped them to their knees, and they decided to follow Jesus. Maybe it was a, a stirring moment of, of sadness where they're just convicted of some terrible thing that they were doing, and they stopped it, and they thanked God for it, and it changed their life around. I'm not discounting the fact that those things happen. All of history from Jesus' day till now, shows that those things happen. But there's something that's missing when you recount the story. It's kind of like um, when you bake bread. When you bake bread, you do not first put the flour and the eggs in the oven and then take it out and add the salt and the flour and then put it back in and then try to beat it afterwards. No, 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 no. There's an order for things. You first of all get the flour, and then you add the milk or whatever it is to make it kind of gooey, and then you beat it up and add the yeast. There's a certain order which you do it, then you have to let it rise, and then you put it in the oven, and then it comes out after a certain amount of time. There's a certain order, and when the order is followed, you have a wonderful, delightful, delicious piece of bread. And yes, they do make gluten-free bread, so I know it's really good. So now here we are, and we're looking at, well, what is the order that God has? Left to myself, I can't decide anything for God. I have a sinful nature. The Bible says again and again and again, it is always inclined to do evil, to make the wrong choice. The Lord says, mankind is only evil thoughts all the time, quote-unquote. What are we going to do? Well, now comes our text, because our text talks exactly about what God did for us because of our problem. When Jesus heard that John, his cousin, was put in prison, he withdrew into Galilee. He left Nazareth went to live in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. He did this to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, along the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, 
the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And on those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is near. Hmm. So Jesus is preaching the same message that John the Baptist preached. Repent. Recognize what your sins are. They're as spitting in the face of God. You're turning your back on God and running away from him as far as you can, but before you do that, you want to dishonor him as much as you can. That's what sin does. And so Jesus says the same thing that John says, because it's in the scriptures from beginning to end, repent, understand what you're doing is against God, and turn away from it. God doesn't want us to be hurt. Repent. What do we do? Well, we go back to God, what he says. And he says here, repent, and then he does the first act of his ministry. The first act of his ministry is choosing his disciples. So he sees Peter and James. They're busy at work. What does he do? He calls to them, follow me. What happens? As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, since they were fishermen. And he said to them, come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and the son of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. Jesus called them. Immediately they left the boat. Men and their father and followed him. Now, when we read those words, we think, well, of course, that's, that's how you did it back then. That's not how you did it back then. <laughs> how you did it back then is Jesus was a teacher, a rabbi. He was known to be a rabbi already at this time. He was known to be wise and understanding of God's word. And what would happen back then is, let's say someone wants to, uh, to uh, learn some more from a rabbi. They would go up to the rabbi that they wanted. They would ask the rabbi for permission to be in his class, to be a student of his. And then the rabbi would check over to see whether he wants this guy in this class or not. And based on that, then he would say, yes, then you can follow me. Jesus turned that upside down. Jesus takes the first move. He saw these guys fishing. He saw those other guys mending their nets. He goes up to them and he says, follow me. He says, follow me. It's the wrong time. They're busy at work. They're with family. They're busy being good stewards, mending the nets. And Jesus comes along at the wrong time, and he says, follow me. He calls them to follow him. Hmm. What happens next? Immediately, they left the boat and followed him. Whoa. They didn't hang on to their nets. They didn't hang on to their family fishing business. 
They didn't hang on to dad. They said, dad, Jesus is calling me. I'm going. And dad says, bye. Amazing what happens. And it happened because not that they decided, well, I'm going to give my resume to this Jesus guy and see if he'll accept me as a student. They did not happen because they said, well, I think I've made enough money now to give to Jesus so that he'll recognize who I am and then I can come and follow him. It's all God's doing from beginning to end. God saw them while God was walking along the sea and he saw them and they were doing things that he had arranged for them to do. And while they were doing those very things, he said, Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. And they left everything. How does God want us to follow him? When you understand a little bit better how God has chosen you before the creation of the world to hear this good news, it changes you from the inside out. It changes you in a way that suddenly you know that God loves you if God loves me, I have a, a sureness in my walk through life that even if I stumble, God is there to pick me up. Even if, I, if my eyes are tired because I'm crying so much, God is there with his arm around me because God chose me to be in his family, his family of faith, and that's where we are. So if you're hearing these words right now, or if you're hearing these words online, understand what God has been doing. He's arranged things in life so that right now, right now, you are hearing his word, the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ has understood what your sin is, knows it's a lot worse than what you're saying, and he went to a cross and he suffered and he died so that that sin could be removed from you. And then he came back to life again on the third day so that you would know that that sin has been removed. And then he says, I want you to tell others. Because there are lots of people walking in the dark. They don't, they don't know. They don't know who I am. They don't know how I work. They don't know God's incredible love. You and I were, as the Bible says, appointed to eternal life to believe. We are the people of the living God. God has chosen you. God chose me. I would not choose me to be a pastor. My goodness. I was the wrong kind of kid to be a pastor. I was always distracted, always getting in the way, always kind of bugging things in, the, in school. Guess what? God says, I'm going to choose you. I don't know why, other than it's God's incredible love. And God knew back then that he wanted me to share God's word with you right now. What an amazing God we serve. Now, when he called these guys, these Peter, Andrew, James, John, they left everything. They didn't have a real tight, firm grip on things. They left everything, and they followed Jesus. That's how powerful God's word is. And it can happen that way, instantaneously. 
But just so you know, in my case, it did not happen that way. Maybe you've heard me describe it. I was, I was one of those kids from Missouri. I just, I had a hard time, you know, really? I really? I said, oh, Cole, oh, come on, really? Uh, so I always say the Lord had to take a two-by-four and hit me on the head a couple times just to make sure I got it. I'm sure some of you are like that. Maybe some of you struggled to get to a point where you understand who Jesus is. God chose you to believe in him. God. And why did he do that? Because he loves you. Well, how do you know he loves you? Because he sent his son who died for you so you could be with him in heaven. Well, how do I know it's for me? Because he had baptism arranged so that you were baptized into his son into his death, and raised like him to a glorious new life. Ha! We serve an incredible God. But like the disciples are finding out, so you and I go through life, and we find out that God is not content just to get us there. He wants us to go more and more and more. He wants to give us more and more and more and more until finally one day we'll be in heaven and we'll have everything. But this is how it happened with the disciples. How did the Lord handle any of the doubts that they had? How did the Lord handle any of the, the fears that they had? Listen, he says, Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. They learned by following Jesus that he kept his word. Now, you and I, we try to keep our word. We try to do a really good job of keeping our word, but sometimes things are out of our hand. We can't keep our word. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we just get angry and we break a promise. Sometimes things are out of our control. And guess what? God never breaks his word. He always keeps his word. So when God says, I chose you to believe in me, trust that. Don't sit there and worry about, oh man, God loves you. And he's taking care of everything. Jesus Christ, crucified and risen, has called you to be part of his family. So well, what are you going to do? Well, I would pray that you would use your words and actions in the kindest possible way to reach more people with this good news. And it is good news. There are thousands, millions of people who don't know. And God has blessed you with so much riches in Jesus Christ. It'd be a shame to let that stay in your pockets while people are starving. So take out that good news and share it with people. Let them know that you know who Jesus is. And they say, well, what's the big deal about that? Then tell them, well, Jesus knows who I am. <laughs> he loves me anyway. Oh, even more than that. He adopted me into his family. Oh, even more than that. He said, I can come to him at any time, any place, with any words, about anything at all. And I get front and center attention from the God of the universe who has promised to hear 
and answer my request. Wow. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, as you follow, like Peter, Andrew, John, and James, follow with a loose hand on the stuff of this world, focused on what Jesus has done and is doing for you. In his name this week, so let us live. Amen.